TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Here's the pitch. And Kipnis swings, drives it left center field. This one's headed to the gap. It splits the alley up against the wall. It goes. One run is in. That's Puig. Flying around third is Ramirez. The throw, not in time. Ramirez slides in safely. Kipnis at second base with a two-run double. And just like that, the Indians stretch the lead to 4-0. The set in the pitch. Swung on, blasted, high, deep to right, and gone. Boy, is that big. Tyler Naquin with his 10th home run. A solo blast to right. And the Indians have a 7-5 lead here in the ninth. Hope to left. Plenty of time for Naquin. And the Indians hang on and beat the Twins 7-5. Those highlights courtesy of the Indians Radio Network and Fox Sports North. This is D-Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks where the magic number sits at 47. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Manny, did uh, did Danny spew a 20 to play all those Indians highlights to open the show? What happened? No, what? it's actually, I'm I'm not an Indians fan, but I'm a huge Tom Hamilton fan. He's really I, good I, at what he does. We had on He's the, really on good the at what he does. Weeks ago. Yes. He's fantastic. He was a frequent guest on the ride with Royce back in the 1500 ESPN days. I love Tom Hamilton. He's he is great. very good at what he does, but he that is. was not He's one of the best. Yeah. Not, really, I am, really I am disappointed, though, that a lot of the action that happened in terms of like good Indians calls happened in innings that Tom Hamilton had off yesterday because Jim Rosenhaus will do, I believe, the fourth through the sixth innings, and a lot happened then. A lot did happen then. It was yeah. good stuff, though. A lot happened. Game. A, lot, a lot, lot happened at Target Field last night. And the Twins Thoroughly did battle enjoyable. back, but it turned out to be a 7-5 Indians win, and now it is a one-game lead in the AL Central. So I think we should just uh, start the show. Manny, go ahead and hit the panic alarm, right? I think that's the only sufficient way to start this afternoon's show, is it not? Didn't think we'd be one game up at any point this season. When you didn't we think were... it would get this close? <laughs> uh, no. No. No, I did not foresee an 18-6 and six Indians run between times the Twins faced them. I, I I just say that, and I say we, I mean like we sitting here on the Score North first place for now Twins show. Don't do that yet. That Don't do that yet. Second place <laughs> no, stop. Show. It's not. It's not going to happen. I just didn't think that it was Probably. going to get as close as it has, and that's at once a credit to the Indians, but also a like, come on, Twins. Time to wake up. I didn't think we would be sitting here in this studio talking about a See, division race narrowing to even, this extent. Even when I hashtag cut the brakes, even when I did that, and they're still cut for the time being. Um, <laughs> You're going to be in the hospital, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but even when I cut the brakes, I knew it could get close. I knew it could get this close. I knew that the Indians could even take the lead in this division at some point. Over the course of the season, I didn't think that they were just going to go away quietly. But when I said that, when I when I declared them dead and cut the brakes and guaranteed that the Twins are winning this division, which I still stand by for now. Wow. <laughs> when I said, I'd love to hear your confidence waver. It feels so good. When I said that, I was all I was saying was the Indians are not going to play twelve games better than the Twins from now until the end of the season. And here we are. 
here we are. But there's still plenty of season left to be played. Even if the Indians do pass the Twins at some point this weekend, I still stand by, for now, the notion that the breaks are cut and that the Twins are winning this division. My confidence is not wavering for now. I have No, you can't say for now <laughs> after every sentence and say my confidence is not wavering. The confidence has wavered. You can't you can't you cannot preface everything or or say after fact for now. Well, I can do it for this afternoon until I find out what, exactly what's going on with Nelson Cruz. That's yeah. that's I was going to say three things that would give you the for now at the end of those sentences, Rami, is Nelson Cruz leaves yesterday with a strained left wrist. How long is he going to miss? That is a big bat for this team. Should I say it again, or you got the... For now. <laughs> it's a big bat. Byron Buxton being out of the lineup yesterday, which I know this is not like, it's not a short-term thing, and it's not like, a, oh, if he could just grind through it today. No, I, I know that's not going to happen. But if Buxton's playing in that game yesterday, the Twins give up two fewer runs, period. And the third thing that should give you some level of concern is the starting pitchers who had been so good for four months are starting to waver, and that's a problem. That is something that it's going to be difficult to just will your way to overcome by hitting a lot of bombas. If Kyle Gibson doesn't get through five innings, if Martin Perez gives up a three spot in the first inning and puts you behind. And if Jose Barrios isn't dominant, like that's that's not a very good starting rotation. I don't think they're starting to waver as a starting staff. They've been wavering. Like this is not something that's starting to rear their ugly heads. We've saw this when the Yankees came to town, they gave a blueprint to the twins of what the twins needed to do if they wanted to one hang on and win the division and to be a true competitor in the playoffs. The twins chose not to follow through on that. They chose to not get better because they didn't want to give up anyone inside their top 25 in terms of prospects. They chose to not do enough at the trade deadline and they're paying for it right now. This is, they deserve this by actively not getting better. They deserve it. They do. There's no other way to look at it. So I think they think more highly of their pitching on the inside than we think about it on the outside. And I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, they've proven me wrong in the past before when I said like, you don't know what you're doing. And then they go out and show that they do. And we should say, the guys who built this team still have it on pace to win 95-plus games. Like, that's an amazing job. However, to Danny's point just now, Rami, I want to know where you fall on this is, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to just turn and say, like, oh, I don't know, they'll, they'll figure it out. It's going to be all good. Like they're, fine. they're at the point now where after the game last night on, on the scoreboard, it had the starting, the probables for the next three games against the Indians and then the fourth game, which is against the Brewers early sure. next week, yeah. mm-hmm. which would be Martin Perez's spot. That's got a TBD there. I don't think yeah, that's going to be Martin Perez. I don't Perez. think that's going to be Martin Perez. I think Pineda can be activated by by then, right? But even Before then, does Martin start? Perez make another start for this team? I don't know that. I don't think yeah. you can throw, him, you out can throw him out there again. anymore. You can't. I'm, I'm more confident at this point in Devin Smeltzer. Oh, yeah. And I see a couple people. People on the line. Twins vent line is open. You probably need it today. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North with your Twins thoughts. Michael Kadire is going to join us coming up at about 1220. I'm sure he's keeping a level head and will bring some perspective to all this. He's, he's been up, through this before. He, of course he's been through this before. So he'll try and uh, I'm sure calm everybody down when he joins us at about 1220. But I mean, do I think that this starting pitching staff is going to just turn it back around and go get back to what it was to start the season, Derek? No, I, that's, I don't think that's a possibility. And I never expected them to get back to that. But 
Do I think they'll be better than what we've seen in the last three or four days? Yeah, I do. They're not a very, they're not, it's not a starting pitching staff that's going to win games for you necessarily. At least four out of five nights, it's not a starting pitching staff that's going to win games for you. You're counting on your offense and you bolstered your bullpen a little bit to the point where you think that if you have a lead, especially after six innings, maybe even after five, if you're, if your starter can give you that, then you have a pretty good chance of winning a baseball game. And as we saw last night, you're never really out of a baseball game because of the offense. Those are your strengths. Those are how you're going to win games. But your starting pitching needs to be better than what it was last night. There's And, and for the last three games, there's no doubt about that. Especially against good baseball teams. Exactly. The Indians obviously are yeah, that. Danny brings up a great point when he says that a lot was exposed in that Yankees series. Now, I'll also say this, that Yankees series, the, the second game was an absolute coin flip. It ended on a miracle catch in center field sure. after both teams answered every shot the other team had for 10 innings. But but, if, but if the starting have, pitching was exposed. If you have a better starting pitcher, guess it's what? Not that game's flip. not a coin flip. Right, it's right. when you win. And right. we could talk about how the Yankees didn't do enough at the trade deadline either to make themselves exactly. better. But this isn't the Yankees show. Yeah. Because I could, I could harp on them <laughs> and rip right. them too for not doing it. Because <laughs> Thank goodness it's not. Because they deserve the, the same criticism and so does Bob. Boston. Like yeah. those teams deserve the same criticisms as the Twins for that, but that doesn't make the Twins in action okay. Yeah. And I'm, the other part of it too is even though the Yankees didn't do anything at the deadline either, at or they didn't do anything at all, the Twins have still lost four out of six against the Yankees mm-hmm. this year. So we could talk about how the Twins bats and the and the and the offense matches up well with the Yankees, and it does, but the reality is despite that, the Twins still lost four out of six to them. Yeah, including two out of three a couple I, of weeks ago. I definitely hear what you're saying, and I hear what you're saying too, Danny. I don't just I just don't read it too much into six games split in two random parts in the regular season. Sure. Like, I think I'm if the Twins if they get to October, if they get to October, which statistical probability still says they will, I would actually not hate that matchup against the Yankees. I know it would make for a, a week of fun hand wringing and very, you know, frayed nerves in Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. But it's that's a toss-up to me. Like, I, And I know Twins fans are going to be like, oh, you're a homer, you're a homer. No, this is a great baseball team. The Yankees pitching didn't get better. The two teams that should scare you right now, if you're the Twins, are the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. One of them in the regular season, one of them in October. I, I think the Yankees should still scare you a little bit. Like, they're still a really, really good team. Yeah, but, but I, you know what I mean? We're maybe splitting hairs here a little bit. Scared versus, like, can you hang with them? Like, I mean, yeah, you can, can hang you with can, the Yankees. But you can hang with Houston. You can hang with Cleveland. You yeah. can hang with the Yankees. You can hang with whoever the second wild hurt. But you want to be, be. You want to be favored. I wanted to go and into those. I wanted to, to go into those series with people saying the Twins should win this. I don't foresee that. I don't know that there's now, a, I don't know I don't, that, I don't know that there's a series or a potential opponent other than whoever the second wild card team would be that you can say I think the Twins should be favored it's in like this Oakland one. or May, Oakland Tampa. or Tampa. That's who it, it's going to be Oakland or Tampa because Boston is yeah, pretty has off. pretty much removed themselves from the race. The first wild card team is probably either going to be the Twins or the Indians. And then the second wild card team is going to be Oakland or Tampa. That's the way sure. it's going to look. And what? of the of those teams, the only team that I think the Twins would be favored to win a series is the the second wild card team. If it's Oakland or Tampa, that's it. What do the Twins have right now that could be a difference maker in a series with the New York Yankees? Well, one of them's on the injured list, and one of them might land on the injured like list. Like if a series today. started today, if if they go into the or playoffs if they and they get, if they get matched up with the New York Yankees in the 
first round. In yep. The I mean, League if you're Division asking series. me, if you're asking me to name one player, they don't have Mike Trout, but that lineup gives me confidence that they can win any series. Danny's right when you talk about will they be favored in a lot of these series? Probably not, but that offense gives me confidence that they can win any series. And I think it's more about what the Yankees don't have, I mean, Manny. Let's not. We can't just gloss over what this Twins offense is doing because because there is a juice have, baseball. We haven't done that though. That's the thing. <laughs> no, we have not right. done but, that. But when at you all. when you ask that question of what 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 do they have that gives you confidence in the series against the Yankees? No, I can't I said, point at one I guy, said, I asked, but I can point at an offense. I asked what would be the different. What do the Twins have that could be the difference maker? And my bats. answer is the offense. Yeah, the bats. It's a historic offense. Okay. I mean that's a pretty good thing. It doesn't. It doesn't have the name value. It doesn't have the Mike Trout or the Ken Griffey Jr. or whoever else you want to pick out of out of a out of. Hey, Major show League some respect Baseball for Super Mitch Garver Stars. here. Mitch Garver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, losing Nelson Cruz that would be that a, that would be, be big. That um, yeah, I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way in the first segment of the show. If if they're without Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton for an extended period of time here. I gotta run this thing into a sandbank and get these brakes fixed. <laughs> oh, no. I would. Uh... Oh no! Oh no, Rami! I'm sorry. Somebody says on Twitter they said, "Rami, you can't get off the Bomba bus now. A captain goes down with his ship." I'm not That's saying I'm getting trip. off. You just got to get the brakes fixed. Maybe oh, you're re- just maybe, pull over to the side of the maybe road. Maybe reassess things. Like I said, you got to run it into a sandbank oh, and uh, try to do this as safely as you can without brakes. Pour a jug of water over the engine. <laughs> Jeez, Rami. I didn't expect that, that. That's a huge blow. If you're Makes with, me happy. If you're without Cruz <laughs> and Buxton, like that. No, I earlier know. in the season they've 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 gotten by without Byron Buxton. They weren't good, but they've gotten by. I don't know if you guys remember that stretch without Nelson Cruz. They were on fire. The offense was. They were scoring like eight nine runs a game without Nelson Cruz. But being without both of those guys at the same time for a long stretch of schedule when you're trying to hold off the Indians, that might be too tall a task. That's a tough order to follow. You want some optimism? Sure, please. Nope. I think we kind of have to balance some of this stuff out, right? Don't listen to Danny right now. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Can we cut his mic? <laughs> yeah, on the other the side. <laughs> Can we cut this guy's mic? The, the points of optimism, if you want them, if you want to wake up today and feel better about where the Twins are at, it's not just about playoff odds, which still favor the Twins like pretty heavily. It's... Jose Brios is not going to be that guy that we saw the other day for the exactly. rest of the season. I agree with you. There. So that's one. Two, I don't know that this counts really, but this team is better with Byron Buxton, and you expect he'll be back at some point, right? So that doesn't help you hold off the Indians, but it does help you load up for October once you get there. The third point of optimism for me, anyways, because we, we already talked about the bats, that's obviously the the reason this team is still where they are. The the third point of optimism is that you've still got nine games against Cleveland. That was a fun game. It was dramatic. It was back and forth. They chased Gibson, and then the Twins battled back, and it was all kinds of fun. Brad Hand gets a four-out save. But that was a battle. Still, it was only one of the ten remaining games with the Indians at that point. And after that, 26 games against the cupcakes that aren't trying to win in the rest of the American League Central. Here's my question primarily with, because obviously you're right about Brios. He's not going to be that guy that gave up nine runs in however many innings it was against the Braves. Yeah. But what's Byron Buxton going to be if he returns? Because that's a shoulder injury. That's, well, that's a big it, it's not insignificant. That's a big he's, 
I don't know how much it'll affect the bat, but it's going to affect. He's either going to have to become tentative in the field, or he's going to hurt it worse. Almost hope he becomes tentative, but and that changes the outlook there because yeah, if, if you have a tentative Byron Buxton in the outfield, he's not nearly as good as the Gold Glove or Platinum Glove Byron Buxton Here's in the, the outfield. Thing. I think it like eighty percent of Byron Buxton still wins a Gold Glove in center field, but your point's still well taken. I don't, well I don't taken. think he does. Yeah, I don't this think dude is amazing. Does. Not not with Jackie Bradley Jr. playing center field. That's a good point. He's he, good. He does JBJ. not win the uh, the Gold Glove at eighty. He changes the the math for the Twins, and I think there are two ways he would have done that yesterday. I, I don't know. Stop me if you guys are bored of hearing about Buxton, but like I am just sitting there watching this game, and I I just I tried to, and I couldn't get the guy out of my head. And I was like, stop! Like he's he's not gonna play this month. Like don't don't even tweet. Sounds this. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, don't even like. What's the point of this? He's not gonna be. He's not gonna play in August. Like don't tweet this, Wetmore. Come on, kid. And then I tweeted it. Are you playing like '80s love ballads while you're trying not to think about Byron Buxton? Like you just can't get him off your mind. No, it's not like that. No, it's kind of how it seems. No, That's what it sounds like no. Like, dude, get him off your mind. I'm like, saying I can't. I can't watch the Twins. <laughs> I'm saying I can't watch the Twins and not think about like, wow, there's this like black hole that he typically would fill in for. And I'm, I'll just get into it here. Marwin Gonzalez runs back at the wall in right field. Ball hits off his glove, goes for Yasiel Puig triple. That's not a triple. Max Kepler catches that. That's no disrespect to Marwin Gonzalez. I think he's added a ton to the Twins this year with his positional versatility, his been there, done that, and his offense. He had a big hit yesterday, too. Like I'm not trying to cast shade on Marwin Gonzalez, but simple fact, Max Kepler catches that baseball in right field if Byron Buxton's standing in center. And then second... Kepler goes to chase one in the left center gap and tries to get it in. Runner rounding from first base. He ended up scoring from first base, but I think the relay gets in quicker with Buxton. So I think that's two runs that you can take off the board, and it's a different ball game. I don't think you can take that second run off the board because everything everything has to be perfect, even if it is the greatest center fielder of all time out there, whoever you want that to be. Which it might be. Everything has to be perfect for that to not be a run. So I think that that's being a little aggressive. The first one, Max Kepler probably makes that catch. One and a half runs. You don't play half runs in baseball, though. (laughs) Take take 50-50. It was a coin flip. I think what Danny is trying to say is that Byron Buxton can't make your life perfect for you, Derek. He can't fill that void that you saying. feel. Mm-hmm. You have to love you. Rami's not wrong. <laughs> you have to love you, Derek. And then try and incorporate Byron Buxton <laughs> into your life. All right? <laughs> One thing at a time. Love yourself. I we, will take the break to think about we that. We should hit a break because Michael Kadire is going to join us next. Hopefully he tries to calm everybody down. Hopefully he's not in a full-on panic here on the Score North First Place Twins show. Live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 47, and we're back after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your the Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. A splinter bat. That's a fair ball. How many can Kadir get? He's got one. 
He's got two. Kadir completes the cycle. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number 47. I'm Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, Annie Hill on the other side of the glass. And joining us right now on the show, the guy who you just heard get the cycle right there in the highlight. It is longtime twin Michael Kadire. Michael, how are you this afternoon? Well, guys, I'm doing great. How about yourselves? Doing well. Awesome. What, what awesome. Do you, what do you think is the bigger concern down in that Twins clubhouse right now? The Indians chasing him down or Nelson Cruz's wrist? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Nelly, I think, is definitely the bigger concern. And it's something, that obviously, he's battled with the last couple weeks and, um, you know, throughout this season. But especially with the tear that he was on. And, I mean, at a historic rate. I, I, I've never seen anybody have the last three weeks, really, that he's ever had. So, him going down, hopefully it's not too bad. Um, but, you know, at the same time, nobody's going to feel sorry for you, and especially these next three games, the Cleveland Indians aren't going to feel sorry for us. With Cruz, obviously he dealt with a similar issue on this same wrist earlier in the season. Do you think it was a thing is he was able to rest during the All-Star break and take some time off and really get it right, and that led to the just otherworldly terror that we had seen over the last couple of weeks, and then something happened last night, or, or what do we think it is? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's, it's something that he's been dealing with. And anytime you're talking about a hand or a wrist, you know, there's obviously cause for concern. But, you know, he's going to get in there, do his treatment, do what he needs to do. And hopefully, like I said, it's not too long and he can get back in there and get healthy and, and you know, hopefully get back to at least doing some of the production. I don't, I don't think we can expect anybody to do the production that he's done the last couple of weeks, but at least get back to being the Nelson Cruz we're all excited about. Yeah. Michael Kadire is our guest on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Cuddy was in town recently for Joe Nathan to be inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame. I mean, what was that moment like for you to not only reuniting with some old teammates and stuff like that, but then to see one of the one of the really the great closers of his generation to be inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame? What was that weekend like? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, obviously when you are able to have a little bit of a reunion, like you said, with some of the guys that we played with and you know, get to tell stories and, and talk about the quote-unquote good old days. It was it was fun. But, um, you know, I actually had the honor of being able to introduce Joe into the into the Hall of Fame. And just you could tell how much it meant to him and how much this organization means to him and this fan base means to him and his family. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, it was well-deserved. And being the most prolific closer in the history of the franchise, yeah, you know, it was fun to see it. Yeah, it was uh yeah, cool weekend for Twins fans, I'm sure too. What uh I, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but my understanding is you get into the Twins Hall of Fame, you get to pick who's going to introduce you. One is that true? Two, what was that phone call like for you? Yeah, it is true. The only um prerequisite is that that person that introduces you has to also be in the Twins Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. So, when um when Joe texted me, you know, yeah, I I was I was Caught off guard, um, honored, and then immediately got pretty nervous as to what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're giving your own speech, whatever, you, you, you forget some things or you leave some things out, you're only embarrassing yourself. But you want to do right, especially by a former teammate getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you put some thought into the speech and things that you think he would enjoy to hear. And for me with him, it was just all about him, the way he was as a teammate because – that's what really separated him from everybody else. Yeah, he had the number and he was a tremendous closer and all-time saves, but what 
it means to me is he was a Hall of Fame teammate. Anytime there was a team dinner, a team function, or you know something going on with the team or with his teammates, Joe was probably the one that either organized it or he was definitely going to be one of the ones that was there. And you know, as a teammate, that's all you can ask for. Talking with Michael Kadire here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Michael, since the the trade deadline, this Twins starting staff has taken a turn for the worse after already taking a turn for the worse before that. And a lot of Twins fans, I I feel like the fact they didn't go out and get that frontline starter before the trade deadline, it took the wind out of their sails and... We as fans tend to project our emotions onto onto the players. Is the, is there any effect, positive or negative, when a team does go out and show you that vote of confidence by making the big move at the trade deadline, and vice versa? Do, is there is it deflating at all when they don't? Well, I mean, I think there is, but at the same time, you can't just look at it in a vacuum. You know, in order to pull off a trade, it takes two teams to be able to do it. You have to have a team that's willing to give up. Uh, of frontline starter. And I think, as you saw, there was like two guys that were traded and right. both of the teams that, that bought, nobody thought they were going to be buyers at the deadline. So, you know, we don't know the dynamic of the trade deadline. Every trade deadline is different. You know, Stroman going to the Mets and Bauer going to Cincinnati, obviously nobody expected that. And they, you know, quote unquote, maybe beat everybody else to the punch. So after that, you know, it kind of dwindles down your options. So I think you understand that as players. I mean, would, would you love to go out and get the best pitchers in the game? Of course. Um, but as a player, you also got to understand the dynamic of the market. And I think as a fan, you do too. But it's still, yeah, it's hard to you know tell a fan base that. But in reality, there's, there's a lot of things and a lot of different dynamics that go into to making a trade in the trade deadline that sometimes you as, a, as an organization can't control. Sure, Dad and Derek would love to have made moves that that would have helped bolster our team. Unfortunately, I don't think they were there for us to make. Michael, as someone who, during your career, you played in a lot of high-stress games in August and September, which I think that this weekend certainly qualifies as such, what's the key to a clubhouse being able to stay loose and treat these ones as just one of 162 as opposed to putting too much into one game and letting that negatively affect you if it doesn't go your way? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's something that actually some of the guys on the current team ask those questions a little bit um, in spring training or when we when we do come in for the weekend. And there's really no magic answer. You know, I think when it when it, what it boils down to is you're not gonna you're not gonna keep yourself calm prior to the game, but when you get out on the field, you're not thinking about those extra the extra incentives and and the extra things that are going on. It, it's you know when you're in the box, you're trying to hit that pitcher. And it doesn't matter if he's wearing an Indian's jersey or a, a Royals uniform. You're trying to go out there and execute. And I think as a player, that's what you understand. When you get out there and you're, you're in the middle of com, uh, competition, you know, you're competing, and that's what you're doing. So I think all the hoopla and all the, the fanfare that lead up to it, you do get caught up into it. But once that first pitch goes on, you go from being a fan to now being a competitor, and then you let that take care of itself, and, it, and it, typically it does. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's great insight. I uh, appreciate your thoughts on that. And and I heard you recently on Kyle Gibson's podcast that he's doing, and, and you're talking about some of your late career adjustments, kind of going from that, you know, nice guy in the clubhouse, nice guy, you know, out in real life, and then step onto a baseball diamond, and it's a, it's a different dynamic. I'm yeah. kind of curious yeah. if you have any insight here on this, because 
The twin starter tonight, Devin Smeltzer, he's going up against Shane Bieber. Tough pitching matchup for anybody, but especially for a rookie. I've been really impressed with Smeltzer early this year and his ability to sort of not let the moment be too big for him. And he credited meditation. Um, you talked a little bit about that. What what was your experience late in your career, Michael, with sort of focusing in on that job that night and, and going even just beyond the cliche of one game at a time and really putting that to use for, for your career? Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned Gibby's podcast. You know, I, I mentioned in that podcast when I was 34 years old, you know, Walt Weiss brought in an MMA fighter to spring training. And he talked about meditation. He talked about self-talk. And he talked about, mm. you know, being your biggest, your own biggest fan. And he would sit down at night and count from 100 down to, to 1. And in between every every number, he would talk about how good he is. You know, number 100, I'm the best out there. Number 99, nobody can beat me. And so on and so forth. So wow. I started doing that. And that year, you know, you don't wait for that proverbial shoe to drop so to speak. You don't go two weeks of, of success and then you're all of a sudden, oh God, here comes the two weeks of, of, of stinking it up. Hmm. You know, you, you, you tell yourself you deserve to be that best. And I think that's what you're alluding to with Smelter. He goes out there and he knows that if he executes, he belongs here just as much as anybody. Right. Anybody that gets to put on a major league uniform, they need to convince themselves, I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. It doesn't matter if I've got two days or 20 years. This is where I'm supposed to be, and I think he does carry that attitude when he hits the mound. I'm going to start doing that on the air, Michael. Like in between, in between every take, I'm going to say I'm the best, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest take. You deserve it. You put in just as much work as all those other. Day <laughs> <laughs> uh, maker for Rami, I'm sure. <laughs> Michael, before we let you go, let me ask you: Are the Twins going to get it done? Do they win the AL Central when all is said and done? Well, I mean, you know what? That's obviously a month and a half down the road. You know, I think the biggest thing for them is they need to win tonight. And then tomorrow, they need to win tomorrow. And I think that's how you compartmentalize. You know, it's easy for us as fans to sit back and say, man, I hope, you know, you're trying to map out the schedule. But as a player and as a, as a part of the organization, it's, it truly is. I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. you got to focus on what you got to do tonight because tomorrow can't happen until this game's over tonight. That's Michael Kadire, longtime twin, great twin, and our guest for the last few minutes here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Really appreciate it, Michael. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Michael. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Thank you very much. There's Michael Kadire on the Score North First Place Twins Show. I want to say this when he was on the phone, but one of the greatest twins of the generation. <laughs> Why would you not say that to him? Because I feel like I'm buttering him up, but... Uh. Maybe I missed an opportunity. Like, why Why would you not give someone a compliment? Yeah, he just talked about how strong compliments can be from yourself. They're, right. They've got to be just as strong coming from other people. So maybe right? he already knew that because he did this self-talk before the phone call. I By the way, know. that was the great Michael Kadire, the greatest interview that we've ever done here on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Positive reinforcement. It, well, it it's really, a powerful thing. It really it is. It is a okay. powerful thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke here. Like, right. he is a great... Talkers, some of that was amazing insight, and it reminded me of Manny when we talked to him last time for the Game 163 Minnesota Sports Rewind podcast. Mm -hmm. Amazing insight into that game and what that moment was like. So this is a cheap plug for that podcast. You can go listen to it if you want to, Minnesota Sports Rewind. But Kadire made that show as far as I'm concerned, and I've re-listened to it twice. He Cuddy was one of those guys too that he you could. He was willing to do whatever it took. And it was like, 
he was kind of a throwback guy and like put me anywhere in the field and I'm going to try and help this team win. Yes. Like he'd play in right field. He played third base some, second base, first base. He was just one of those real sort of glue guys that kept teams together and, and just give me a glove. I'll go out and play wherever you need me to and I'll, I'll deliver for you. You guys on board with the one game at a time? I, I think mean, that's how it has to be. At as this a point player, yes. As fans and and us on the outside rooting or have who have interests in it, no, nah, I don't think we have to take. I'm that one approach. series at a time. I'm like I'm getting closer, but maybe I'm, I'm not quite as advanced in my practice. I'm go win this division. Rami's like raise a flag and call me when it's up. I'm I'm willing to look way way down the line. I don't play. I I do. I agree with what he's saying. Like if you're a player, you need to have that focus because when you start looking down the line, you lose focus of what's in front of you. But we, I mean, I don't have to go out and focus tonight for that game. I think I'm going to Target Field, but I don't have to focus. I can. Oh, a, nice! I can have a beer and a brat cool. and enjoy the there. night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I know you as well as I think I know you, you're going to focus on that brat. <laughs> probably. Is, yeah. that, is that a Wisconsin joke? Yeah, probably. No, I think it, I just like to eat. Like kill. No, it, it was. A, it was. Like a, he to likes food. to eat. And oh, by the way, uh, it was not a Wisconsin go, joke. Uh, check out the food tour Jonathan and I took of uh, TCF Bank Stadium at. Score North on Seamless. Twitter. It was uh, that was, dude. The food at TCF Bank Stadium. I had no idea. Like they, they got game. Everyone over there. in town has stepped up their game in recent years because they realize like what a great marketing opportunity this would be to have Rami Makloff come eat our food and on watch camera. me try and eat edible cookie dough through a football helmet. That was I have a picture of that. <laughs> It was so good. Oh, it was so good. If you do see that video, this is very inside baseball. But if you do see it, watch for two things. First of all, Rami's just hilarious. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. A compliment well earned. Second of all, Jonathan Harrison's face when he's there and the woman in the background who had been serving the food gives you the biggest side eye I've seen on your food tours to date. It was amazing. So that's all up at SKOR North on Twitter. And if it's not there yet, there will be a longer form video on our YouTube page as well. So uh, And thanks to Social Media Seth for coming out. And uh, eating all the food with us and helping yeah. out with that. Tough assignment for the kid, but Tough, he, yeah. he pulled through. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. More of the Score North First Place Twins show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 47. We're on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, it's Score North Download time, and it's 12.40. Manny Hill here with you, and uh, this Score North Download brought to you by Robert W. Barrett and Company. And if you just missed it, last segment on the Score North First Place Twin Show, we had former twin Michael Kadire on with us, and we asked him about what the Twins' approach should be the rest of this season when it comes to trying to lock down the American League Central. You know, I think the biggest thing for them is they need to win tonight. And then tomorrow, they need to win tomorrow. And I think that's how you compartmentalize. You know, it's easy for us as fans to sit back and say, man, I hope, you know, you're trying to map out the schedule. But as a player and as a, as a part of the organization, it's, it truly is. I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. you got to focus on what you got to do tonight because tomorrow can't happen until this game's over tonight. And uh, be on the lookout for that full interview with Michael Kadire and this full first hour of the Score North First Place Twin Show. Uh a little while after 1 o'clock, that'll be up on scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app as we return to the aforementioned Score North first place twin show, Rami. 
Thank you, Manny. It is the Scorner with First Place Twins Show, live from Bone Basota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 47. Judd Zulgad will join the Twins conversation coming up at 1 o'clock. You can join the conversation at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North. Rami Makhlouf here along with Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham. You just heard Manny on the other side of the glass. Can I bring a little silver lining to the show this afternoon? There's been a lot of gloom and doom. Yeah. And no, I, said, I think that's fair. I actually said during the break, where do you guys want to go this next segment? We had a few options. Danny said gloom and doom. I'm not, I'm going to go the opposite direction of what Danny wanted to bring. A little bit of a silver lining, which is this. Maybe some optimism reigns on the score North first place. I don't, know show? It, I don't know if it rains, but I have a silver okay. lining All for right. the dark cloud that hangs over the Minnesota Twins <laughs> at the moment. I mean, things got so dark. Yeah. I even said I might have to get the brakes fix, fixed in the first segment. That wasn't you. Up, I can look up mechanic shops. Let me try. Not quite yet, but I think Mackie has, has a guy. I don't know he talks about it sometimes on Mackie and Judd with Rami um the one thing you can take away from last night well two things one they fought back like they often do and showed that they're never out of any game even if they're down four five six runs you can't count out this twins offense and the bone bus so that's one thing but the other thing you made that bullpen work last night and they didn't really make your bullpen work all that much last night thanks in large part to Zach Littell Brad Hand had to go out there and throw 31 pitches, and that was after Adam Simber came out and unsuccessfully threw 14 pitches himself. That's one of the best closers in the game and one of the best arms that they have in their bullpen in Simber. I know not a lot of people probably, he's not a household name by any means, but that guy's been really good for them. Yeah. That's two guys who they had to burn pretty good last night in the first of a big four game series where the only, the only, High leverage reliever that the Twins had to use last night was Trevor May for an inning and 19 pitches. The rest of the bullpen got spared, like I said, thanks in large part to Zach Littell. And I'm optimism guy, so I can't fight him on this, Danny. Do you want to give him the counterpunch to the silver lining? So even had they not made Brad Hand throw that many pitches, he was going to be unavailable today by virtue of <laughs> pitching in the doubleheader that the Indians had on Wednesday. He pitched, he got a save in game one of that. Um, also, they put Adam Simber in a really tough spot because that's not his role. The only reason he pitched there is because Nick Goody was unavailable after the Indians had a bullpen day in the second game of the doubleheader against Texas. So the Indians will have Nick Goody available, who's really probably been their best reliever throughout the good. season. He's got an ERA below one and a half, I believe, on the year. He's been he's been great. That bullpen the, has been outstanding well, they, for them. I didn't realize how good they yeah. had been. I, I was watching the... Well, I, I just... I didn't like dig into the numbers. No, that's I, was, what I mean, it's shocking when you see oh, the yeah, numbers. Yeah. I was watching one of, I think I was watching the sec, the second game against Texas in the doubleheader where they just started Tyler Clippard and they went like two innings, two innings, two innings, two innings. And they allowed, I mean, their bullpen allowed one run in 12 innings throughout the day against Texas, <laughs> which is no easy task against any lineup in sure. baseball, but 12 innings, one runs really impressive. And their bullpen ERA entering yesterday was a half run better than second place. It's amazing. Yeah, baseball. because bullpens across baseball, but are like bullpens across baseball have fires. been really bad, but they've still been really good. Right. And one of the things the Indians have done is they've been ahead of when guys are going to be burnt out. Like Cody Allen, who I don't know is Cody Allen still in the Twins organization? He or, is. Or he's in they the minor leagues. But he's he's cooked. He's done. He's never going right. to be a Andrew good Miller. Will Andrew never Miller, be himself. Same again. thing right. exactly. The Indians were kind of out in front of that. Like the Indians sure. kind of realized that it was the end of the road for those guys, and they were never really going to pay them what they got. But I don't know that they even really wanted them back because they mm-hmm. they figured out that way. And yeah, Brad Hand's going to be unavailable tonight, but they get Tyler Clippard's going to be back. Nick Goody's going to be back. Nick Whitgren's still going to be available. Well, I mean, they, they still and, have horses. And in the who's bottom starting? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, and a guy that could potentially, is probably going to get Cy Young votes is on the Hill for the first that's, few innings That's tonight. what I was going to counter with, but I can't because I'm optimism I guy. mean, they obviously have a lot, of, like, I mean, they have a lot of good arms in that bullpen, obviously, the numbers that Danny just pointed out coming into this series, but the best thing you can do against a bullpen like that is work them and make them work, and they did that in the first game of a four-game set last night. And I don't think that... I'm the, not saying that they've... The only pitch count that matters was him. Right. Like, Simber threw 14 pitches. Yeah. Oliver Perez threw three pitches. I think his arm's going to be okay for today. He'll be able to recover from that passing <laughs> sure. outing. Um, he should be all right. I, I don't think Nick Nick Wicker, and I believe, threw six pitches. He did. It's not as if these guys are going to be unavailable from overuse other than hand. No, so, no. Yeah, I'm one not, of them's I'm, going to be tasked, I'm not saying but, that. I'm just saying that you, you made a more Work. You made you made that bullpen. You, you work made one guy work. You made and you made the you made best, one guy work. Maybe the best guy they have worked. That's it. Look, sure. I'm trying to find a silver lining. I just Things I don't think that, that right one, now. I don't think that that you know silver lining is that sparkling. Fine. Screw it. I'm leaving. All right. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going anywhere. I think it is a silver lining. <laughs> I don't think it's very Danny's, sparkly. Danny's right. It, you know, if if you pictured each of these games, let's just say, let's do the math in our heads here. It's fifty fifty to start the beginning of each game. Okay. Well, for last night's example. Mike Clevenger's on the mound and Kyle Gibson's on the mound for you. 60-40 Indians? If not higher. Right. I mean, the I mean, way is that... Clevenger's had two bad starts and they were kind of sandwiched with IL stints. Other sure. than that, he's he's been unbelievable. So I'm just saying, just for a thought experiment, do the same thing tonight. Okay, you got Devin Smelter. He's been all kinds of impressive. So this is, to me, this is not uh, oh fun rookie story and we'll wait till the other shoe drops. It's, no, this dude's got a shot and he's on the mound for the Twins. Well, okay, but a flip side... Shane Bieber is on the mound for the Indians. He is probably, Danny, tell me if I'm wrong here, he is their best pitcher right now? I think I would still say Clevenger is their best pitcher, but he spent two months on the IL. Bieber was an all-star for a reason, and you can say what you want about the all-star game MVP. Like, that's kind of, who cares? I wash. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's really yeah. good. He's going to get Cy Young votes. Totally. Whether it's he's a great pitcher. Whether he's going to be fifth on people's ballots, he's going to be in the top five of the Cy Young voting at the end of the year. Like that's how good he's been. Yeah. So I think that Clevenger personally, I think he's a better pitcher. Okay. But Shane Bieber's having the best year of anyone on that staff. So call it again if you start at fifty fifty and then you throw in those pitching matchups, maybe it's sixty forty Indians. Just let's just say. And then Brad Hand's unavailable, and the Twins have Sergio Romo and Taylor Rogers. So, you know, 56, 44, so, whatever. Like, it it matters. It's just not going to flip the series. So here's one of my things about Smelter that I think should be a little bit of a cause for concern because he's been really good this year. But this is going to be the first time that a lineup gets a second crack at him because this is the first time that he's facing a team for the second time. He already had a start against Cleveland back on June 4th, got roughed around a little bit, gave up five runs in in six and a third innings. It was by far his worst start. Gave up four home runs. Yeah, it it was not a good performance from him. And it's the second time that the Indians are going to see him, and they already had success against him. I realize the lineup looks a little different now, but June 4th was kind of the start of this run. Like, Smelter was the one they really started to get going against. And that also leads me to a question about Sunday with Barrios on the mound. Sure. This is the third time that the Indians have seen Barrios this year, and I'm curious how that's going to be for them. Now, the first time the lineup looks really different, but it doesn't look much different than last time when they went out and they beat him. Yeah, that was one of his best starts of the season, right? That first, was that opening day? It was opening so day, So at yeah. Target Field, and I mean, he was a monster that day. He was also going against a lineup that really didn't belong in the big leagues. Yeah, half, half of them were not, you know, they're they're not 
that lineup does not look the same today as it did on opening day. Danny's right. Um, and plus, it was March, so like you, you go face a ninety-four mile an hour. Well, that, I believe that was a two-nothing game. Yeah, which was not anything that I don't think I don't think we should expect that on Sunday. I, I would be surprised if either team scored less was than it two Bauer runs on Burrios, Sunday. That opener? No, it was Kluber. Kluber. Okay. Yeah, boy, that that team's changed a lot over the course of a couple months and like continues to evolve and change. It's kind of chilly that day too. I <laughs> well, that's a pretty well, good. I don't cold in March in Minnesota. No yeah. way. I don't remember <laughs> it, but that's a pretty good guess, Manny. I think I was sitting by Danny for that game actually in the press box. Now. Barrios is interesting because there have been so many different kinds of starts. If he has his stuff, like I fully expect that to be advantage twins. Sure. Um, however, he gave up nine runs his last time out. And so. as we talked about the other day, his velocity hasn't been what it was. So to answer your question on third time around, does that help the Indians or the Twins. I'm more? not saying it gives an advantage either way. It's it's just interesting to me because yeah. there's going to be an advantage one way or the other. I don't have an answer for which sure. way it's going to be. It, yeah, but it's just it's something that interests me. To me, tell me what stuff he has, and then I'll tell you who has the advantage. Well, I mean, if, if he doesn't have a curveball, and if he's not throwing his fastball for strikes, like advantage Indians because they know he can't wriggle off that hook. And that's another thing the Twins are going to be seeing Savale for the first time. That's right. And that's that's an, an advantage to the pitcher. I would assume when a when a there's not really a book on you. Which your third star probably easier to scout hitters i would think yeah than pitchers that, that would be my guess because you don't have the volume it's exactly there's no volume he's only pitched 12 innings in the big leagues yeah. and this twins lineup's been what it has been all year like there's a book on them there's not a book on him and that's something that again i'm not saying that there's a big advantage one way or yeah. the other but it's something that's certainly interesting age-old question rami mackloff yes. advantage on the repeats we'll talk about the Debuts and stuff later, but on the repeat. So your Devin Smeltzers, your well Kyle Gibson, your Jose Barrios is advantage hitter, advantage pitcher. I think it's advantage hitter. I think when and you see pitchers, it's it's sort of a trend in Major League Baseball that pitchers who come up that teams have never seen before, they usually have some success. And then as teams start to figure them out, they tend to regress a little bit. And that's I've talked about this before. Baseball is all about adjustments. It's a game entirely of adjustments. Pitchers are going to figure out hitters. Hitters are going to figure out pitchers. You will adjust for their adjustments. They will adjust for your adjustments. And it's who can evolve, who can adapt with the league that that lasts and has sustained success. And the Twins haven't seen Adam Plutko this year either. They haven't faced either of the guys that they're going to see this weekend. They haven't seen it all this year. That's something that's, again, interesting. The talent level, I would still give a slight edge to the Twins oh, only because yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. Savali. For sure. Right. For sure. But, well, I mean, Barrios is going to have the talent advantage against three, of, the, three of the five pitchers in the sure, Indians' yeah. rotation. Well, I a would, lot of people around baseball. Sure, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, of course he's going to have the talent advantage against Aaron Savale. Like, yeah. that's not a question. It's how much is is there an advantage when a close. batter's never seen a pitcher yep. before. And, and can you close that gap? And to Rami's point, can you adjust to the adjustments? Like, I don't even know that there's a counterpunch that the Twins throw tonight based on what happened last night other than tell your starting pitcher to not walk six hitters. Say, hey, go throw strikes. That's probably something you say before every start, uh, right? That was the pre-series hey, don't, hey, don't meeting. Walk, don't no, walk a bunch no, of guys. No, that's something that you don't have to say because pitchers <laughs> don't do that. Shouldn't. That is not a, that's never a pre-game message. It's never. Rocco Belvelli has never gone up to a pitcher before a game and said, hey, how about tonight we don't walk everybody? <laughs> don't walk a bunch of dudes tonight. Yeah, that's not could, part please. of the game plan. That's something that's understood. That was the concerning part of last night for me. I know people want to pile on Kyle Gibson and say he was never that good. And Kyle Gibson has had a great two year run and so i 
if if anything, I might be the Gibson guy. However, watching last night is dreadful. You can't have that kind of performance where you just refuse to throw the ball in the strike zone. And and again, I don't know if it's like a conscious decision, if it's physical, if it's mechanics, if it's it's probably not nerves. This dude's been here, done that. But I was looking at his uh, fan graphs, his game logs. I know, shocking, I was on fan graphs this morning. And it's only like a quarter of his pitches were in the zone, according to fan graphs. That's not Jeez. good enough. For a guy who I think his success was really predicated on getting fastballs in the zone, especially up, swings and misses, and then playing that nasty slider off of it, if they don't have to look fastball, that slider doesn't look like a strike. So when people say, and it becomes a cliche, that key everything off your fastball, the fastball is the key to everything, throw strikes, get ahead with your fastball, it's because it sets up your whole, the whole rest of your arsenal, no matter who you are. Kyle Gibson, I think, is especially guilty of that yesterday and for the season, just among starters in the majors, just one of the absolute lowest rates. I believe he's second lowest in the big leagues in terms of pounding the strike zone. And I'd like to see more of that going forward. Twins vent line is open 651-646-8255. Let's get in. Uh, is this Mike in Burnsville? Mike, you're on the score North first place Twins show. Guys, I apologize. I haven't had a chance to check the standings today. How far, um, what is our lead in the wild card? So the wild card, they the Indians, hold on, hold on. They don't have a lead in the wild card sure they because do. they they're, lead the they division are four right and now. a half games up on the second wild card spot. They're five games above the team that is the the first team on the outside looking in. They're five games up on that. The Indians, who are a game behind the Twins, have a three and a half game lead over four wild card number one, and I believe Tampa is in wild card number two That's with right. Oakland a half game behind them. Yep. So we got a little wiggle. There's there there certainly is wiggle room between them and the outside looking in of the playoffs. There's not wiggle room between them and the second place Mike, in the AL Central. Mike, it sounds like you're at the mechanic shop with Rami getting the brakes checked on <laughs> Only, the Bomba bus. Hey, let's wait and see what these MRIs say today on Nelson Cruz. <laughs> then, like I said, I might have to crash this thing into a sandbank and call a mechanic. I don't know. Here's a question. In the offseason, does Nelson, with the money coming off the books, I think it's going to be Scope, Castro, and someone else that I can't think of. Gibson, Odorizzi. Does Nelson Cruz just walk into the, I don't know if they share an office or not, I can't tell the two apart between those guys. (laughs) Does he just look at them and say, look in my face and tell me that you are going to go on the free agent pitcher market and get at least two major league pitchers in here, or bye-bye? Well, yeah, he doesn't have that option, but I I get your point, and I think he would have some sway. Yeah, Mike, thank you. I think he would have some sway. I think you'd get an exit interview as a 39-year-old bomba machine that you get some input. Now, is he going to get to pick the pitchers and sign? Probably not, but... (laughs) Could you imagine Nelson Cruz well, hey, being player GM? LeBron's player GM, and it's think, working out I, pretty well for him. I think LeBron's had a little bit more of an illustrious <laughs> career than Nelson Cruz. Hey, tell that to Nelson a Cruz. A little bit? Tell that to Nelson Cruz. I will gladly tell that to <laughs> Nelson Cruz. I think, I think Nelson Cruz, is, if he is as smart as I think he is, he would agree with me wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's probably true. But he, he will say something, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know him personally as a guy very well, but I, it's, a, it's a team option, so he... If the Twins want him back next year for twelve million bucks, I can have him back next year. I, I do be know foolish not to. Yes, I agree with that. I, I can report that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine do have two separate offices. So there you go.
They do have two separate offices. They're both okay. at Target Field, and they're probably spending okay. a lot of time Follow in each other's question. offices. If but they they're shared separate. an office, I picture like instead of bunk beds, bunk desks, like they're de- like one above the other. Follow up question here: <laughs> Who has the bigger office? That's a great question. It's an important by, question. By square foot. It's got to be Falvey, right? You know what's important to me, though? It's not size. It's oh, comfort. No. no, it's size. Size matters. It's size. Okay. Yeah, size no, matters. No one, no one wants the smaller bedroom instead of the master's because, oh, it's a little more comfortable. No, you want the master bedroom. <laughs> right. That's, you know what? I'll I'll have to do some more digging because I haven't Figure measured the square footage. The blueprints have changed. Target Field, they did a lot of work the last, uh, well, two years or so. So it doesn't look the same as it used to. The most ridiculous office I've ever seen in the sports world. Uh, Phil Mackey's. No, well, not <laughs> quite. I, somebody has Phil Mackey beat. I toured uh, Camp Randall after, sure. after the last round of renovations. And Bear, this was when Barry Alvarez was still the coach. So I don't know if he vacated this and has given it to the succeeding head coaches Paul since Christ. then. Paul Crisp. But there was uh, the other joker before him. Yeah. His name. Yeah. I already forgot who is here Bielema. and gone. There's Bielema, there was Bielema. Oh, yeah, there was Gary Anderson in between those two. That's right. Um, that was oh, a, that was I hate that I know so much but about dude, that. That, was that was an interesting dude, time his, of football. But Barry Alvarez's office, and again, I don't know if that's still his office as the AD or if he's passed it on to the coaches, was bigger than, like, there was more square footage in that thing than all the houses and apartments I've lived in combined. So, <laughs> and you know what? And you move because, because of what you just said, Rami, I'm willing to bet it's still his office. <laughs> this is Barry Alvarez we're talking about. See, I've gotten to know Barry a tiny bit uh-huh. in my 13 months covering the Badgers. Oh, you would know that where his office is. Does he still yes. have that big, um, ridiculous office? Well, I mean, office? I don't know, okay. but... His office, I am willing to bet his office hasn't gotten smaller since. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I, you guys, I, it's not about size in this case, but I, I will do some digging and I will try to figure this out for you. Please. This is the important uh, question. Manny, I stayed quiet just so you could get the clip of Derek saying it's not about size in this case. We'll hit a quick Got break. It. That's the first thing I thought of. We'll too. call in the big righty, Judd Zulgad. He's going to come in and relieve Danny Cunningham for hour two of the Score North First Place Twins show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is 47 on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 320 and 23.